Welcome to Triple M's Money Talk, where we investigate the financial issues that affect you. And with me, good morning to Russell Tim from MoneyLink Financial Planning. Russell, a bit under the weather. Uh, g'day, mate. Uh, yes, I'm uh, a little bit off colour at the moment, but that's all right. We'll get over it. Well, good to have you on board. Thanks for joining us. Well, let's talk inflation this morning. It is, uh, it's, it's the big topic that uh, people are trying to avoid at the moment. We used to have it decades ago, back in the 1980s and 90s, uh, but we've forgotten about it for a while. Now it's causing tremendous pain for a lot of people. Uh, yes, certainly is. Um, yeah, back in the 1980s, we had 15% inflation and 17% interest rates. Fortunately, it isn't anywhere near that bad. Uh, for the last calendar year, inflation was 7.8%, up from 7.3% for the year ended September. Uh, the ADS is now giving inflation on a monthly basis, CPI readings. Uh, so for the 12 months to the end of January, it was 7.4% down slightly. So maybe that's a signal that it's starting to ease a little bit. Uh, we certainly need consumer spending to slow so demand and inflation can drop back towards their previous levels. The most obvious effect of the high CPI is the much higher interest rates on variable rate loans, especially mortgages. Uh, that's causing mortgage stress for some borrowers as their payments jump by hundreds of dollars per month. Uh, yes, uh, we can only feel sympathetic for those affected. Um, uh, a couple of times on this segment back in 2020 and 2021, we did recommend that borrowers lock in a fixed rate for as long as possible, but uh, unfortunately not enough people listen to us, Neil. No, it seems to be the way. <laughs> Apart from interest rates, what else does high inflation affect? Uh, well, many things, actually, when you start to think about it. Um, for example, many small business owners will soon be hit hard. Most commercial property leases say rents are to increase with the CPI. Uh, so small business owners will soon receive notices advising that their rents are going up by 7.8%. Uh, wages and other costs may be increasing more slowly, uh, but business rents are most likely rising at the CPI rate. Some residential leases also include clauses linking rent increases to the CPI, uh, and those tenants will definitely be hit hard. Yes, we know wages aren't rising as fast as inflation, that's for sure, and that's a big part of the squeeze. The CPI measures the cost of living, but wages and income are only rising about half that rate. Uh, yes, that's right. Uh, well, here's another question. What about the age pension? With the cost of living rising so quickly, one might assume that the age pension would be indexed to the CPI. Now, age pensioners shouldn't be getting squeezed, should they? Well, the age pension is indexed to wages and incomes, a WOTI, actually, average weekly ordinary time earnings. So the age pension will see some significant increases, but not nearly as much as the CPI. The age pension will increase less than living costs. Yeah, it seems a bit rude. Why should age pensioners miss out? Uh, well, yes, the rules were made up a long time ago. I don't know who made them or who planned them, uh, why they did it that way, but that's the way they are. Um, there are many other formula in government regulations that are indexed to the CPI. For example, the current maximum that a retiree can move into a tax-free pension is $1.7 million. Now, the conditions have already been met by an increase, a big enough increase in the CPI uh, for that to jump to $1.9 million from July this year. So the figures increase in rounded steps and they're definitely going up. So if people have that much money in super and they're thinking of retiring and converting their super into a pension, does that mean they'll be best to wait until July so they can have an extra $200,000 invested tax-free permanently? Uh, yes, Neil, very likely. Yep, yep. Depending on all their other circumstances, of course.
Yeah. What about other superannuation limits, such as on contributions? Uh, they may go up too. Uh, that's yet to be determined based on the March quarter CPI. Concessional contributions could rise from 27500 to 30000 and non-deductible, non-tax deductible ones from one hundred and ten to 120000 That's on the cards, but not certain yet. Okay, what about tax thresholds and tax brackets? Do they rise with inflation? I don't think so. I'm pretty sure they've been the same for quite a few years now. Uh, yes, Neil. Bingo. What an excellent point. Uh, tax thresholds don't increase at all, do they? Until some government agrees they should go up and passes legislation to make that happen. And the current government won't want to entertain that idea in this May budget. Uh, it's hell-bent on spending, uh, but it already is hamstrung by a huge deficit. The Treasurer and the Tax Office love bracket creep. You know, that's the subtle force that steadily pushes us up into higher tax brackets and gets us paying more tax. This sounds like a very important topic, Neil. You could probably raise this, have a bit of a lobbying effect on 2MMM over the next few months. Okay, thank you, Russell. Thank you very much, Neil. And Russell Tim is a representative of MoneyLink Financial Planning, Proprietary Limited, an Australian financial services licence holder.